0: Hello and welcome to season two of Art Brunch Archives. Art Brunch Archives is a supercut of all the art-centered conversation from the previous week's show. Every week on Twitch, we bring in a new contemporary artist, gallerist, curator, to talk about their work, drink tasty bevs, and just hang out. I'm the host of Art Brunch, Rick Bowling. Shortly, we'll be joined by my co-pilot, Jake Leach. The most recent Art Brunch episodes are exclusively on Twitch for two weeks. But every week we're uploading an edited show to podcast and YouTube. YouTube will host the art part of the conversation so you can see which slides we're referring to. But if you want to hear all of the nonsense and hijinks of the show, definitely check out the podcast. Please take a moment right now to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. That really, really helps us out. And lastly, I got to plug watching the show live with our awesome community on Twitch. It's really the way the show's intended to be. Um, All of those links I mentioned and more are available in the description below. Our guest this week is Madeline Bryce and I'm gonna let past Rick introduce you to her. Enjoy the show. Madeline Bryce found us through uh, our contact form on the travel agency, which is pretty cool, um, which makes me feel like I'm doing something well uh also maybe she's just out of her mind um but we've had we've created a really good relationship since then so I, I feel really grateful and really fortunate if anyone's interested in collaborating with us in the future you can check out those links um so i, I, I put in uh, i just want to read her bio and then we'll 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 bring her into the stream so madeline currently lives and works in kansas city out of her home studio and workshop space She holds a BFA in painting and a BA in art history from Missouri State University. Her primary medium of choice has always been painting, but she has always preferred the term visual artist as the process is non-binary and her work has always involved many mediums. She heavily focuses on the self processing grief, dysphoria through sexual and reproductive trauma and the healing grotesque journey of returning to the self. Uh, her work is explorative, experiential, and at times tangential. So, uh, Madeline, welcome, welcome to the stream. Hello, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, so, initially, from from that uh, from your bio, uh, we can focus in on living in Kansas City. I think that's a uh, this is like well, if Jake was in. Chicago it would be Midwest mayhem as I like to call it <laughs> it would be it would be like the I don't know the 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 three crown jewels of the Midwest
2: all in Absolutely. one place. Natalie you're just very briefly telling you just how, how long have you have you been in Kansas City? as
1: Yeah so I've been in Kansas City for a little over a year I moved up here from Springfield in August of last year okay. I moved into the tiniest studio apartment um less than 400 square feet in wow. the in midtown okay. and um it was it served its purpose it was great um uh for what i needed but it, the walls were made of like sawdust i'm pretty sure and oh, it yeah. was the it was the draftiest space i've ever been in so in the last it last this last august i moved into a two-bedroom house with a full basement and wow. so now i currently have plenty of space and yes uh, i'm very grateful for that so
3: Absolutely. yeah i really
1: love kansas city though it's i think that it's a super cool place to live i think that there's like really great culture especially art culture mm-hmm. um and obviously not right now but typically the live music scene is like tops
2: mm-hmm. for sure well i i I've been to Kansas City a few times in my, you know, adult years. Um, I haven't been there in a a minute, but I think uh, any place where you can afford space, like Mm -hmm. you're saying, especially Mm -hmm. during a pandemic, if nothing else, like what I find myself talking to friends about more often than not is just, can you, (laughs) can you breathe, you know, a little bit in your own home? And that you not just be, you know, on top of maybe, you know, cohabitants of the house, but let alone on top of yourself inevitably, just because I think especially as an artist, like it's not just so much that like, here is my bedroom and then here's my studio. I feel like you need like, need like dead space to just like exist, mm-hmm. you know, and to like recharge and like purposeless space, you know, like, I don't know. I think it's it's deeply revitalizing. And I, I just, you know, it, we don't have to go down this whole rabbit hole, but I just, as a brief question, like, do you feel like it's it's helped your artistic output or just your your creativity in general to have that much space now?
1: To be quite honest because I I know that it's November now but and I moved in August but I have only just recently like got my space set up mm-hmm. yeah. um because I started working full time for Planned Parenthood um, back in May and to be quite frank with you I've never actually worked a 40 hour 40 plus hour work week. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, I'm still just like working on time management right now. And, but I have faith that the space that I have now will elevate my practice once I can dive into it.
2: (laughs) No, totally. And I mean, like, I don't know what's more relatable than that (laughs) in this world and you know like it sounds so boring and like you know the water cooler chat in some way and maybe we could have a segment called that in the show or something but uh you know but that is the real work too of like you also just want to come home and like not make art and just Mm -hmm. watch tv and hang out with your cat or something you know it's just like i but that's recharging the batteries obviously you know so Mm -hmm. it's not just you know even though it's like people that make incredible art and seemingly very prolific, just like you, I have to tell you as someone who struggles with, you know, consistent creativity, it does make me feel good to know that like, we're all humans.
3: <laughs> oh, and, and absolutely. It,
2: yeah. And we'll, and we'll get to that. You, you will, you know, it, we're, we're all motivated to get those spaces set up, but like, you know, sometimes you just want to chill a little bit, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah, I use this to...
1: time. I use this time to like, um, brainstorm new ideas. Um, especially cause I just had a, a solo exhibition in July well mm-hmm. July through August and um, for me I like to take time to reflect on like how that show went like what worked and didn't work what, it, what do I like about my process my work mm-hmm. right now and what like which direction I want to go next so for me it's just like downtime to really like think about how um, how I can create in a new way next
0: mm. gotcha. is, is this uh a first time that you have had your studio in your home
1: no actually um aside from college i have always worked out of my own house
3: okay um
1: i've never had like a separate studio space um i've been lucky in that or i've just been able to find ways to create space yeah. in my home um, in Springfield, the cost of living is, like, next to nothing, so yeah. I've always just been able to either have, like, an extra bedroom or a- any, like, some extra space just to make. Um, my studio apartment I had here, I literally worked in 10 square feet, or not 10 square feet, 10 by 10. Um, <laughs> I, like, made what was supposed to be, like, a tiny dining nook into mm. my studio space, and so now I have a full basement, which I'm just, like, it's the so good. possibilities are limitless.
0: For sure. Um, so we've got a couple of things on our agenda for the show today. We're going to uh, review a Cutwater Moscow Mule for our Canned Crucible segment. We also are going to, uh, Jake's going to share with Madeline her horoscope from the past week. We're going to talk a- talk about Madeline's creative upbringings and get into her work a little bit later. And we're just, you know, generally going to hang out and vibe today. So. Sure. So yeah, I think um, I think it might be time to to bev. What's Bev it? You to bev? Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Rick, I want to say um, we can do this live or not, but um, I always forget that there's excellent copy., yeah. on all of these cans.: No, that's
0: exactly what's next. Okay, I think,
2: And uh, we should absolutely get into so we should get into that before you think that that would be good to kind of get everyone certainly listening. Oh
3: yeah,
2: (laughs) or watching rather that doesn't get to enjoy this tasty beverage with us. Yeah, let us Um,
0: let us know, Jake. What does it
2: say? Okay, this is from Fugu Cut Fugu Vodka Mule. Is is Fugu like a sub brand of Cutwater? Dude, I don't know.
0: It freaks me out because Fugu is the name of the deadly pufferfish
2: dish, right? Which there is like, you know, in in outline of on the can. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to do... What is, isn't this like what makeup tutorials? It's like, as you can <laughs> see, um, the fugu can. Okay, so anyway, this excellent copy says the following. A mule with a kick. Here, I'm going to get really close to the mic. I won't blow it out. Ginger, a splash of bitters and a hint of lime makes for the start of an unforgettable mule. We mix in our exceptionally smooth, award-winning fugu vodka. And and the party really gets started. Yeah. (laughs) The end result is spicy, bold, and ready to enjoy from a copper colored can.
0: Oh, that's right. Woo. Yeah, Yeah. the whole the whole like (laughs) copper Moscow mule thing is really interesting. So the there were just like a a group of I think they're like, I think the the lore is like there's a group of brothers who bought like a failing copper cup company and part of their like guerrilla marketing technique was to get to like get bartenders to make this drink only in copper cups and then over time it's just like become synonymous with the copper cup and I'm sure they're, they're pretty well off at this point. They did it. They really knew what they were doing.
2: Yeah, and it's it's taken off. So good to them. It's okay, good. so we're gonna
0: get some group pops. Okay. Well, let's see if you can actually get a pop this time, Jake.
2: Okay, I'm gonna try it real far away because okay, last week I tried to do this can and it it I it blew my mic out every time. So we'll see. Okay, here we go.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. Did you hear it? There was you it go. Good? Yeah, it was okay. good. It was good. Good, good, good. Ah. That's okay. Uh, now Cheers. the party's now the party's really started. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers, <laughs> Chad. What is chat drinking? Is anybody drinking alcohol, or is it just us?
3: <laughs> mm.
0: Oh yeah. That makes Ooh. me feel good, right off
2: the bat. Yeah.
0: No you spoilers. Funny?
1: My copy is different from your copy.
2: What is it really?
1: Yeah, mine does not say what yours says. And mine has a different picture.
2: No what in way. The world? Wow, is this like a regional thing? <laughs> I don't like... know.
1: Mine is not written as well as yours.
2: Oh. Well, maybe it's just my presentation, let's be honest. That was really top-notch stuff, you know, so. It was. to actually made that all <laughs> up. <laughs> that was off all the dome. <laughs> <That's... laughs> that was in bra. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Hmm. that's pretty good so we rate these uh with five metrics and you rate you rate them on a scale of one to a thousand um so <laughs> the, the as a recent as a recent saying, yeah yes.
3: uh,
0: <laughs> um so the the metrics are flavor aroma mouthfeel, thought and emotion and um we can start with with flavor whenever whenever y'all are ready okay madeline you're the guest
2: please we'll have you start okay. with flavor
1: Maybe take one more sip. Yeah. The flavor is very good. Mm-hmm. The ginger is not, like, overpowering, which sometimes you can get in a mule. Um, to be honest, I don't know if this is just, like, uh, maybe I'm an alcoholic, but I wish that I tasted more vodka. <laughs> 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 but I always like my drinks to be, like, too strong, probably. And
2: and do you like the taste of vodka, or do you like like what the presence of more vodka does to the overall thing?
1: Maybe a little, maybe a little bit of both. Um, okay. I think that you can you can taste it just slightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, my can says there's one and a half shots, so that's like more oh. than normal.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Um. I think that it's actually a good balance taste wise. I, I think that I could stand for more vodka, but again, I like them strong. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: What do you think?
0: Well, you, if you want to rate it on a scale of 1 to 1,000.
1: Oh, yeah. 1 to 1,000. Um, that's tough. I'm going to go with...
0: It's a lot of numbers.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with like 890.
0: 890. Wow. I'm coming yeah. strong with an 890.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: Can a
3: credit um, score even
2: go that high? I I should know that as an adult, but I don't. Um, I know seven forty plus is great. So yeah. eight ninety—that's you're buying a house. I tell you
0: what.
3: Oh, they yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: zero percent.
1: I don't think you can go past eight hundred credit. Yeah. Score is it? Plus, but eight ninety—it's like so good.
2: That's eight eight plus plus off the um, scale. Yeah. Okay. Flavor for Jake. Uh-huh. I would say. It's just, okay, so Cutwater so far, whatever they do, they just, like, that is that to a T. And I think to do that in a can is actually pretty exceptional. Right. And I imagine so consistently. So I I really got to give it to them for that. Um, But I will say, and never, see, because it's canned. So the can is not going to be as fresh as a real one. But in terms of the fact that it was in a can, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, we go $8.50. That feels really good to me. I cool. think that they really earned it. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I've had some bad experiences with some cutwaters. Let me just say that the tequila margarita uh, <laughs> was terrible, and yeah. I didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, the Paloma was like a solid, solidly above average, um, yeah. but not exceptional. This though, this is like right up my alley. I can, Yeah. I could. Do this for a night, you know. I could I could go Absolutely. into like a phase, of where I was the fugu vodka mule guy, <laughs> brought it brought it to parties. uh yeah. it's a
2: little. You are more... certainly muling them to all of us for yeah. sure. You are the you are the fugu mule.
0: Yeah, so I'm 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 mm-hmm. right there. I'm right there with y'all, but I I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to break the 900. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna go 910. Wow. Yeah, I'm really into it i think it's great everybody should go pick it up um questionable category next aroma kind of smells like pepsi
2: you're 100 (laughs) percent.
0: wow
1: absolutely why
0: does it smell like pepsi why is this
1: (laughs) it smells exactly
2: (laughs) like pepsi (laughs) oh my god rick good call my god okay yeah madeline where would you rate it on the aroma scale
1: honest like i don't like pepsi so i'm gonna go it's it's kind of low for me so i'm Mm. gonna go like maybe like a 400
0: 400 400 even 400 flat
1: yeah 400 flat wow i don't drink soda at all i guess this is kind of soda but um so i don't like the aroma
2: yeah okay i uh i i was raised on dr pepper Mm. um my family honestly seldom drank alcohol so being an adult drinking alcohol i'm probably (laughs) considered an alcoholic to a lot of my family members compared to zero basically anyway point being is I am I am more of a connoisseur of soda I would say than any beverage on this planet Uh and uh, this Pepsi scent I I like I wish I could maybe get this as like a cologne or something or some sort of uh, uh, eau de toilette I think as it's known Um, so um, I'm going to go with uh, that's a 750 for Jake
0: 750 that's that's, that's a good credit wow. score right there.
1: Yeah, that is.
0: Yeah. That is. That's something we can all hope for.
2: Yeah. Rick, how about you?
0: Um yeah, I mean there's I don't drink Pepsi. One time I I drank diet Pepsi and vodka because it's all I had Ooh. and it was really bad <laughs> and it tasted <laughs> just like alcoholic soap. Um So I would do that. There's a little a little just a tinge of fear there, but mostly what I remember is you know, I drank soda as a kid. I was a soda yeah. kid for sure. Me too. And uh, Pepsi was the soda of choice in my household. Pepsi mm-hmm. products, not just Pepsi, but you know, we, we weren't like a Coca Cola household. Um, there was a lot of Pepsi kind of coming in and out of the out of the crib. Um, but so yeah, it gives me some nostalgic vibes without the shame of drinking a Pepsi, uh, which which I'm into. So again, I'm I'm right up here,
2: eight eighty. Wow, I do just want to say, as a, a Pepsi fan, just as a quick side note, um, where do you stand on the cherry, wild cherry Pepsi? Because personally, here. I think that is the best soda that's available. I mean, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think quick th- anything cherry, cherry
0: is good. I like any I, any soda added, or any cola with cherry in it. Yeah, I do
1: have to agree with that. Like, if I were to be drinking a soda, it would have to be a cherry mm. soda.
2: On, for sure,
0: wild cherry pepsi can
2: looks really good too oh it has never not been cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> back in the day the wild cherry pepsi can looked so scary but so cool and then cherry coke tried to basically copy them which is just like stay in your lane coke okay like don't <laughs> don't don't even try um and i will say i did at one point throughout my childhood i referred to it as wild cheap pep uh, which I, I don't know that. saying out loud now, but anyway. Um What does so. that even mean? Wild cherry chi pep Pepsi Wild Chi pep, you know, that's just what you call it. You, you know? said it you said it so much you needed to abbreviate it. I did. I was like, I gotta get make this faster <laughs> for all my friends and fans, So big fans here. Good. Okay,
0: great. <laughs> um did we get okay, let me check my notes here. Okay, the next the next one is is mouthfeel. Slightly bigger bubbles than last week.
1: The mouthfeel is good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I am a big fan of spicy water, and uh, it makes me feel that way. It, is. it gives me the same mouthfeel.
0: Yeah, I think this is this is kind of getting into like Lacroix spice territory. A similar mm-hmm. similar bubble ratio uh, to LaCroix, medium-sized bubbles mm-hmm. is what I'm detecting.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Do you have a number, Madeline?
1: It's a good mouthfeel, so I'm going to go with, like, 925. I'm going to go up there. Oof. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's okay.
3: altitude
2: right there. There
3: we
2: yeah. go. Um, feel feels great, light to me, spicy, not too harsh.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm gonna go eight eighty eight. I'm gonna do a Rick number and go eight eighty eight.
0: Yeah, that's a good number. Um, yeah, this is this is really this is you know a strong contender. It, one thing's becoming clear as we're halfway through the rating that the uh, Fugu Vodka Mule by Cutwater Spirits is. A strong contender uh not quite not quite um you know spicy bloody mary levels but it, it yeah, is it is quite the contender i think um what i really like about it is i couldn't just completely bang these like one after another like i couldn't yeah. i couldn't chug one of these like it, there's a little bit of a stop gap uh it's like sometimes if a alcoholic beverage is too smooth like uh orange vitamin water, one of the smoothest <laughs> beverages i've ever had in my entire <laughs> life, it goes down so smooth and and I just found myself all the time when vitamin water was cool and I was drinking it that if I got an orange one, I would always drink it too quick, yeah because it just just slipped right down um, the this one you know you could you could definitely chug it if you if you had to, but It doesn't lend itself to that. It's it's a it's a good. It gives me a good cadence. So yes. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack the nine hundred as well. Give it a nine ten.
2: Beautiful.
0: Two more categories here. We've got thought and emotion. Uh, T Green Girl says we should discuss vanilla Coke. That she's a fan of vanilla Coke.
2: Interesting. Not as familiar with the vanilla world, person. I
0: hate vanilla and soda.
2: But I love TV <laughs> girls. I didn't want to say it. I was too, too, too ashamed. I hate it so much.
1: <laughs> I feel like it always made me feel like I was like drinking carbonated ice cream or something. Yes. Oh, Ugh, God.
0: yeah. So if you're in the chat and you're thinking about saying something, uh, don't because we're just going to completely disagree with you. <laughs> How dare you? Honestly. <laughs> um, okay. So, a, co- a contentious category here. The category is thought. Apparently, last week this was one of the most contentious categories I've ever created. I wonder if if it continues to be contentious. Madeline, I'm curious your thoughts on thought.
1: My thoughts on thought, like the thought behind the like making of the beverage, <laughs> or what are, <laughs>
0: what are we? I just I'm just asking. Or just
1: like my thought overall like what do we want to know
0: yeah i mean i'm just curious about what you'd rate it on a scale of one to a thousand for thought
1: i'm gonna go with like i feel like i'm actually gonna go kind of low because this is a cocktail that's it's not inventive like we know that this exists it's not like a brand new cocktail Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go with like maybe 350. 350. Because it's not, it's not different. Mm. You know.
0: I see. Uh, yeah. T Green Girl in the chat says, "No, I hate all of you."
2: <laughs> just in general, yeah, or yeah, just in general. <laughs> Definitely not because of vanilla ice cream, bubbly water. Um, you handled, uh, you handled gonna... that category a lot better than Jack. Uh, just,
3: <laughs> I'll just praise no you. No
0: offense,
2: Jack. Love you, bro um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with 500 on thought and i'm not gonna Mm. explain it
3: Mm. oh okay it's
2: a fair play um yeah i think
0: either they thought about it or they didn't think about it i'm kind of i'm kind of in a binary spot here and and i think that they did think about it so i'm gonna give it a thousand there you
2: go (laughs) (laughs) that's really it for sure
0: um The last category that we have, all even numbers there, 350, 500, Um,
1: 1,000. My cat's making an appearance.
2: Hello.
0: Hello.
1: What is
2: Kitty's (laughs) name, by the way?
1: This is Sanford.
2: That's right. Sanford.
1: She's she's beautiful and prefers to be on my lap at all times.
2: Mm. That'll be just fine.
0: Cute. (laughs) Uh, The final category is emotion.
3: Emotion.
1: I'm gonna go with it. It's a good emotion. Like Mm -hmm. I think that, like it makes me want to be hanging out with friends. Like Mm -hmm. you know, post COVID and like slamming a few of these. I don't know, listening to music. (laughs) So I'm gonna go with maybe like eight thirty.
0: Eight thirty. Yeah. Solid. Well, how are yeah. you feeling about it, Jake? How is how are your emotions at the moment?
2: You know what? I I I think my own just like enhanced what I was thinking. Like I was <laughs> feeling good, but just that and I don't I know a, another review shouldn't influence another review, but you know what? I feel like alcohol tends to be a social beverage, so I was influenced by her social, you know, interaction there and like I do. I just I feel good mm-hmm. and uh I'm going to go with what time of night I think it would be. I would be drinking this and I'm going to go with a nine 30. Mm, mm-hmm. This is, that's, that's how good this drink's got me feeling. A and uh, Bev. that's, it's, it's a definitely like a nine 30. That's a whole
0: sure. hundred points above Madeline's rating. Um,
3: it
0: is. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good in general, you know, I'm feeling mm-hmm. just a bit, a bit relieved feeling, uh, had a good day yesterday, having a good day today, having a little (laughs) mule. Most of the time, like a a margarita is a beverage that I've had bad experiences around, you know, like I've had good experiences around them, but I've had bad, real bad experiences around them, uh, as far as tequila and and margarita mules though, when I'm in like a, a mule mode, um, it's usually always a good night. Um, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go go a little bit further and uh give it a nine fifty. Nine fifty? I really like this. This is def- yeah. by far my highest ratings.
2: That makes sense. This is I mean it's a vibe. This is you know what, Fugu <laughs> I keep <laughs> I keep wanting Well, okay, is it, it's Fugu Vodka. It's Fugu Vodka. to you by Cutwater Spirits. So is that like saying like Honda Civic, and the Civic is the Fugu. I don't know. Anyway, I I'm lost on this. No, I'm I th- lost on this,
0: on this. I I think it's Fugu vodka. Okay. In a cutwater spirit vodka mule. Okay. So like, it's a it's like a Russian nesting doll
2: <laughs> yeah. of brands. Gotcha. You know what? As long as you are able to find one of these five words at some point, like Uh. Googling, you know, which target (laughs) has this, and you can find it somewhere else, what does it matter? I guess at some point. That's true.
0: Just start typing words in and
2: (laughs) we'll find it at some point.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that was great. Thank you all for um, rating this. Thanks to everyone in the chat following along. Uh, I think now's a good time to take our first break. In the previous segment, we had a delicious Vodka Mule, which um, ended up scoring an amazing score of 797, uh, which is inconceivable to me. Um, but but yeah, so we're going to get back into it here and get into some of the art-centered conversation around um, Madeline's work. We're going to go through a viewing of her work. And if you all think of any questions um, for her, uh, please leave them in the chat and we'll get to them kind of as we go along. Um, so welcome back, everyone. But um, a place that I like to start, that I think is is uh, a really fertile ground of understanding you, Madeline, is like I just I'm curious of how you think about your creativity as a child and where some of the creative impulses started or, or ways that you expressed your creativity when you were young.
1: Yeah. So I was um, for as long as I can remember. I feel like this is how every artist starts there (laughs) talking about their childhood but I was always like just drawing and coloring and wanting to like make anything and everything Mm -hmm. and I feel like that transfers well into my adult life because that's exactly how I approach everything still um but in like elementary and middle school and high school I did every single art class that I possibly could um and I remember like my first um experience with like exhibitions if you will in elementary and middle school my teachers would pick this would always pick my art (laughs) to hang in like Mm -hmm. the all-school art show at the Springfield Art Museum Mm -hmm. and um just like going with my mom to see my work in a museum was like the coolest thing to me and then just to see everyone else's like my age and then all the way up through high school all of their work I was like this is a really cool feeling like I want to tap into this and um, just like all through high school I took every single art class I could I was just like I always wanted to just be like making anything yeah. Um, and then I also was very much a choir girl so I was in uh, choir all through high school mm-hmm. I actually started um, college as a vocal performance major which is strange but then I realized that that was not for me and I swapped to a different art practice (laughs) yeah and yeah so I don't know like I again I feel like it's like typical artists to say that they've just always been making but I've just always been drawn to it
0: yeah I think that um one of the things that you bring up that I like to touch on often or that often comes up is that like you have uh an innate draw to that type of making but then also for a lot of artists in their formative years they had environments that responded positively to their creativity and that's something that i see uh, really consistently across um, all of the artists that we've talked to here is that like you had this opportunity to show your work in in this place that was like reflecting your value or like reflecting the value of of this experience um, that you're having. And, and it seems like that also kind of went into, uh, or came from family and in other parts of your environment as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, my mom always supported my, any artistic endeavor that I went on. And um, even now to this day, if you go to my parents' house, mm-hmm. she has, she has my artwork hanging up all the like from elementary all the way up through high school and even now. Um so it's kind of like a a shrine of my work <laughs> through the years. <laughs> and I'm I'm always just like, Mom, like just take that down. Like you don't need this this floral alphabet I made in high school hanging in this room. Like yeah. I can make you something cooler now. Uh-huh. Um, but she's like, No, but you made that and and it's here to stay probably until I die. So <laughs> And yeah. she's always been a big supporter and most everyone in my family has been a huge supporter of my work. Um, financially, maybe not so much, but they mm. they still think that it's amazing that this is like an outlet for anything that I want, you know?
0: Yeah. And what was, what was the... So coming from the mid-sized city that St. Louis is, I think about Springfield, Missouri and, and think of it as kind of like a smaller... A smaller town um, energy and I, I'm curious like if you felt if you had a community of uh, and I could be totally off base here, but I'm just curious about your community of fellow artists and and kind of like the general uh, perspective of art making in in your community.
1: Springfield actually has a really phenomenal um, arts community mm-hmm. um, there. I, there are a lot of people there who are trying to um, progress the arts in any way that they can. Um, there's the Springfield Arts Council um, who I worked closely with for a while. Um, and I really just think that there's a ton of great artists in Springfield. I think that without like my community of artists friends in Springfield, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't still be making. Yeah. Um, I think that especially like in college at Missouri State University, that's probably where like I made, the most artist friends of course Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um and just developing like a studio practice with these other students was like an experience i wouldn't change for the world like sitting in these tiny little studio spaces in the it's called brick city at missouri state in Mm -hmm. downtown springfield and to like 3 a.m with these other artists (laughs) who are just trying to like crank out these paintings their sculptures or what have you just because they have a deadline tomorrow and that feeling is just like an incredible feeling to me I'm I miss it so much like I wish that you could I I remember thinking like once I graduated I was like how am I going to get this sense of community (laughs) outside of school and I it's it's almost impossible and like I don't know I I missed it often like moving to Kansas City I feel like was a great move for me but I do miss the sense of community that I had in my 27 years that I spent in Springfield
3: yeah
2: Absolutely. Well, and I'll say just as someone who's, like, grew up in St. Louis and I moved to Chicago, like, I very much, you know, and actually being in St. Louis as we speak, uh, I've been mm-hmm. reflecting since I, I've been in town just kind of, like, every time I come back to town. Like, and there's a sort a certain, like, camaraderie that you know, which, you know, happened to be just because you certainly had a positive experience, and I, I definitely had one here. And it kind of doesn't matter where that is, but also at the same time, it 100% does. You know, it's it's like that very much zero 100 percent thing and um I I guess like do you do you feel that like are you excited for like what could be next in like a new version of that or is is there a kind of a inevitable loss that comes with not being in school anymore but also honors it in a way it's like because it was so special it can never be done that way again you know what I mean
1: Uh, I I do think that I'm excited for what comes next I mean I've been out of school for a while now but I have only been in Kansas city for a little over a year. And, um, but I do feel like, especially with social media being so, um, present that like, I haven't lost that sense of community from Springfield. Mm. I still feel like I'm very much in contact with everyone who was like my base there. And, and, and because we have social media and Instagram to critique each other, if we want to respond to the work, I think that it doesn't feel that I've lost anything moving here, Mm -hmm. Um, and it only feels like I'm expanding. If that makes sense. Yeah, and and I think that, well, I think that social media is also great for, um, because, you you guys might feel the same way, but like you probably miss critiques. Like I think that that was, so beneficial to growth and process, practice, what have you, Mm -hmm. and um, you just don't get that same feeling outside of uh, school so that is one thing that I do miss but I think that social media can provide some sense of that I mean granted your followers typically are following you because they enjoy your work and they're not probably gonna like type up like this is shit like try something different (laughs) like um, they're probably gonna respond positively to your work but to some extent you can ask for some some sort of feedback that's more than just like Wow, awesome! You know, and I think that's cool. That, that culture
2: should start of just the pure criticism uh follow. <laughs> yeah. Just like every time someone posts something, you just type a whole paragraph on every single work. <laughs> You're like, I, I, I'm not saying I like your work. I'm not saying I hate it, but I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel
3: about. It.
0: Um,
1: I'm down to start that with you. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
2: I'd be really terrified
0: if my uh, if the critiques that I had in art school were some way recorded and shared <laughs> and stored on the internet forever because I said yeah. some really <laughs> terrible shit to wow. some really terrible artists, um, and and uh, and yeah, I think I think that that is a, a a formative way of like you know getting having like the hard conversations, and I find that that piece in particular is is some of the most difficult to create later in your artistic practice like school is like kind of the last time that that's gonna come to you and and then moving forward like if you have a if you have some over somebody over to your studio from the gallery or or, or something most of the time like if they don't like your work they'll just go through the motions and like just never call you back or or something like that but but there are ways to facilitate like highly critical studio visits as a, you know, as a professional artist, uh, but there's some mm-hmm. of the most difficult to create.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And something that I've been doing, of course, not recently, but when I travel, I, again, thanks to social media, you can reach out to artists, you know, that live in the area that you're mm-hmm. traveling to. And um, I have been known to reach out to any artists who I've admired, followed, what have you, and message them and be like, hey, I'm going to be in your city for like five hours on this day can I mm. come visit you and see your work and uh, of course I get some no's but I have gotten some yeses which I think is cool and then then you're building your community even more
0: yeah and, and on on that topic uh, this isn't something that I shared with you Jake but I was I was doing some research into you a little bit and one of the another artist that you met at some point was also named Madeline Bryce and also lives in Kansas City what, what was the deal with that?
1: Yeah, so she's actually not an artist. She works for the government. Oh, but, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, it was the weirdest thing. So um, there was, it was years ago, and my, my last partner, he lost his phone or something one night, and he on Google Hangouts, he tried to message me, and it ended up being this other Madeline Bryce that exists in the world. <sighs> And she messaged him back and was like, "I don't think that you have the right person." <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is also Madeline Bryce, and I I think that my like ex never ended up even ended up messaging her back, but this got her thinking, and she ended up finding me on Instagram, and started following me. And uh, she actually lived in Northwest Arkansas at the time, and I was okay. still living in Springfield. But then I guess she got a job here for the government and moved to Kansas City. And I was, like, one day I was, like, hey, I'm going to be in Kansas City. Would you, like, want to go to the Nelson for a date? And we ended up hanging out. And uh, before long, that's I moved up here, and then we became friends. And now I have a good friend named Madeline Bryce also, and it's very weird.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> is not something I have even remotely experienced. And if I met another Jake Leach, and I, I think – I don't – I've known, like, a Jake Lee – there was a. Mm-hmm. It was one of those in my high school, and we would have our occasional moments in the hallway. I'd be like, "What's up?" And he's like, "Hey." And we're always <laughs> next to each other, you know, at assemblies or whatever, like you know, SATs or whatever. Um, but uh, never like true friendship outside of life. Like that's that's pretty. And then verbatim, your name is it all spelled the same way too?
1: Spelled exactly the same. For we went through a minute where we thought we were related. Um, oh. we just like didn't didn't know of each other just because like our name. Is not con- like super common. Yeah. Um. And, but we really didn't do that much research. We kind of asked our family and like, asked around, but nobody was like, "No, we don't know anybody <laughs> up there," or, "I don't think that we're related." So, I don't really know the story, but I think it's cool that I know her, and she's a super cool person. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ongoing. The story continues. For it's sure. like a glitch in the matrix, a little bit yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. I love talking to artists about little experiences that they have like that, because it, it seems like we all kind of like collect these strange ways of interacting with the world that give us this kind of like sense of meaning or purpose from time to time. That feels that feels to me like good research practice for for your creativity, like whether you sought out that information, but just... When things start happening like that in somebody's life, I think it's usually like a, a good sign that you're responding to stimulus in that way.
3: Mhm.
1: And I'm—I feel like I'm pretty. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I'm, like we were talking about earlier, Jake. Like I'm pretty go with the flow. Like if if somebody or something comes into my life, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna lean into that and see what that's about, and see how it affects my life, or in any way yeah sometimes it's bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) well
2: i i think like not a lot of artists are overt you know that that a lot of artists are so extremely cautious because i i think you know i've certainly experienced i i feel like i'm a very social person but like as an artist i think i tend to kind of hold my cards close and kind of you know i once it feels ready i will share it with the world and, and tell everyone from the rooftops but like if it's still like in process um it's something that i you know kind of Mm. it's it's almost just like i don't want anyone to like not get it which i think then trips me up to be like i haven't even fully seen this thought through Mm. um before i i shared it with someone um so is have you well so being someone like that going with the flow like you know and to speak to the you know like, so the Madeline Bryce thing, you know, it's like, I mean, she's not necessarily an artist, but you, it, it can influence your art in some way. Um, has, has there been any necessarily, you know, negative experiences that you feel like you could talk about, you know, maybe not mentioning names if you don't feel like it, but you feel like you've maybe learned from from being so open to influence in your life as a, as a creative?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like my work is. Uh, strongly and in- feel influenced by my relationships, specifically like romantic relationships. Um, and I've had toxic relationships in the past, as most most individuals have. And I feel like I am generally like a trusting person. I want to see the good in most people, and so that can put me in some bad situations at time, at times. And um, in the past it has been romantically and I feel that that has influenced my work positively because it's, it's only, it's only like, what's her? It's, it's only experiences. So like, I look at it, I'm, I'm now able to like look back on those relationships and be like, okay, that was garbage, but like, how can I take it and like run with it? And how can I use what that like terrible feeling was and express it in the way that it needs to be expressed hmm. and that Absolutely. i feel like for me it like keeps me sane um a little bit um because you probably feel the same way but like your practice is therapy and so i'm able to take those like negative experiences and positive experiences and just like get them out so they're not just like stuck up here whirling about
2: for sure i i, I think we can go ahead and coin this the uh the first law of Shrek and art, um, which is, uh, you know, always better out than in, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, <laughs> I think if, if you're not allowing negative experiences to influence your space too, I think at some point, like if anything, you're, I, you know, maybe not using half of your worldly life to, to have it, you know, influence your work and, um, but I also just think that that like, shows like, a lot of – I just think being an artist, you have to like, get out of your comfort zone at all times, and especially if expressing like, negative things. Ironically, though, is such a safe thing, I think, in a lot of ways because everyone experiences negative experiences that are inevitably going to influence any part of your life, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, especially art. So, um, but I also will say, too, is like, I, I, your ability to vocalize it, too, I think is a whole other level, too. So, I mean, yes. that's, that's pretty remarkable, I think.
0: Yeah. And Madeline, you mentioned that this is something that you're focusing on right now, is, is, is being engaged in the conversation about your work and, and wanting to share, uh, to share more deeply what your work is about, because I think it can be read um, a few different ways. Uh, so I guess I, I'm curious as we, as we shift into beginning to look at some of your work, um some of some of the things that you want to share about it uh before before we start looking
1: yeah so um i was telling you a little bit uh before the show that like i think that my work can be processed by you know by viewers in a number of different ways which Mm -hmm. which you just said as well and um i think that at least like a lot of the feedback i've gotten it it can align somewhat with like what I'm conceptualizing but I think sometimes that when I actually do dive into um the concept behind my work at least my mo- most, my most recent work um people are surprised taken aback by it um because it's it's like funky in a way but um I don't think people realize that it is maybe as sad as it can be um so mainly my work people would be surprised to know that my work mainly focuses on like um like reproductive and like sexual trauma and the um the like body dysphoria that takes place after after uh trauma like bodily trauma Mm -hmm. and um so my work mainly focuses on um returning to the self after traumatic events um specifically in my case like reproductive trauma and sexual trauma, and um, the sort of like mental illness, for lack of a better word, that it can cause. Mm. Um, I sort of have tra- like, been trying to visually represent the way in which my mind has felt over the last um, two to three years. So the distortion that you see in my work is um, is my own way, literally, of trying to visually represent how I feel
0: yeah thanks for Um, sharing yeah And we can move over to some of the work (laughs) earlier when you were you you said the word garbage and I almost just pulled this (laughs) this shot up of just like (laughs) this you know visceral experience of of uh you know the way that you said that just reminded me about about this this work here
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah, so I actually did this like very small series of hanging my paintings on dumpsters around the city, <laughs> and I loved it so much because, um, I don't know, as artists, you probably can relate that sometimes, probably more times than uh, not, you feel that your work is just garbage. Like, when you look at it, you're <laughs> like, why <laughs> did I make this? <laughs> and um, I don't know, I... I feel like I relate to a dumpster sometimes. We all do, um, yeah. Yeah, and so um, I really had this like strong urge to just take these paintings I was working on and like move about the city and take videos and photos of them like interacting with these dumpsters that I thought were like visually appealing. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where this stemmed from, and it also came from um, after a conversation that I had. I was on a date with a guy, and he, um, at the time, had some like oversight in choosing artists for this gallery in town. Oh. And we were talking about my work, and um, I don't think that he didn't. I don't think that he meant it in a negative way, but he was just like, I don't know. Like I think that it would just there would be an issue with the nudity in your work. Mm. And um, I've encountered this. Sentence like, too many times, I hate that sentence because I just don't think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna make my own gallery, and it's gonna be these dumpsters, <laughs> and, <laughs> and here they are.
2: Well, so I want to say kind just of how I came to that. Totally. I I personally appreciate uh, about it is I I personally been very interested in kind of like civic utility, like things that just exist in an everyday basis, like a dumpster, for instance that like actually has form and has like really interesting lines and things that once accented with something of your own on it, I think can not only like it, it becomes a kind of a uh, symbiotic relationship of like, I am very much noticing the dumpster, but I'm also, it's influencing the art and it's this two way street sort of. And mm-hmm. um, I think particularly this dumpster, a green is my favorite color on the planet. So that mm-hmm. like, that speaks to me a lot on this. And I, I just think that, you know, Honestly, I mean that's it's like punk. Let's say that. Let's say it's it's the fuck you for sure that we that we're all looking for. So I I really, I really enjoy this one particularly.
0: Yeah, and it, and it, the work like uh, what I wanted to say about like all of this this comparing ourselves to trash. It's either like you're trash and you know it, or you're trash and you don't. And right. I'd much rather be trash and know it than mm. to be trash and not. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but this work is like so clearly not trash, right? Yes. Like you I Learned. wouldn't I wouldn't come across this and be like, oh, somebody was throwing that away and they slipped. So it has it has <laughs> this <laughs> It's gonna fell out a
3: little
0: bit. <laughs> um, and I'd like for everyone to imagine I, I don't have the video up now, but on, on Madeline's Instagram there's on the second slide of this image, there is a video of it of it kind of like waving in the in the wind, kind of in the environment, which has a really nice play with the the wavy, distorted nature of of the painted surface as well, but it, it, it like clearly isn't trash. So then it, it also has this this strange kind of interplay interplay there
2: and yeah. i kind of piggyback on that to to ask a question um you you use the word distortion which i i personally know more as coming from a music background to be you know more like harsh you know clipping things of nature that make it kind of whatever um your distortion certainly at least in this piece almost seem very soft well which is to say obviously distortion can be soft it can you know it can add kind of a a, a phase, a liquid kind of to that. Um, I guess but to use your word distortion, I guess what um, what what how did it come to you that distortion should go in this particular manner? Uh, that distorting the image would be at least from my visual, kind of a bit more fluid, less and less harsh, necessarily.
1: Yeah, so um, back in 2018, um, I I found out I was pregnant again. And, um, at the time, well, actually before I found out I was pregnant, I started like having these, like uh, what I would describe now as panic attacks, but they were like very lengthy panic attacks, um, almost like 100% of the time for several months. Mm -hmm. Um, and I quickly, well, not quickly, but after some therapy realized that I was suffering from this disorder called derealization, depersonalization disorder and um it basically makes you feel like you're living in a dream but like a bad dream like um you've basically like if you like look at your house and it's a room you've sat in hundreds of times every day it's basically like if you suddenly looked at that room and it felt unfamiliar to you mm. Um, that's what the world feels like when you have the realization, um, and so through my like self-portraiture, at least I started diving into this like this idea that like how can I represent like what the world feels like to me in this like very terrible feeling, and so I I, I started it like doing it with self-portraiture because I would look at myself in the mirror and I would straight up just like not recognize myself. And so I thought like, how can I represent myself in a way that's not me?" And I started like distorting, I started taking these reference images into the mylar, which is what I paint on. Mm-hmm. And I really loved how it distorted my figure, how it distorted the room around me. It, I just felt that it was like a really great um, visualization of what my what what I see because uh, I hadn't hadn't been able to express that prior. Yeah. Oh, that's
2: cool. I, I, yeah. Cause I, I, I think that again, that like the, the average, you know, concept of what a distortion would be, I think people would almost think of things like a TV static or something, but like, mm-hmm. you know, which could, you know, people might tend to think is very choppy and stuff, but, but much like TV static, I think too, it's like, it can also be very soft, like the kind of warp of that. I think it it's, I also just think a lot of people's work—they tend to just like tell you exactly how they feel—and and this, this definitely. I okay. I, I meant I need to back up for two seconds here. Uh, I I've never been in a crit before. I did not go to art school. <laughs> I am not qualified to be on this show whatsoever, Rick. I don't know why I'm here. I'm just kidding. But I just like I I want to say like I'm not in any way trying to have an opinion like that of someone who is trained. So if anyone's like looking at me, I'm like. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, but I, you know, I I think I have a good instinct. But anyway, um, I I I think that is definitely seen here in this, and that's that's really really mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah,
1: I'm glad that you see that, and I don't think that you need any sort of qualification to view art. <laughs> <laughs> and to be oh, sure please, that. God, thank you, thank you for saying. <laughs> I think that just you being a human with eyes makes you qualified, and um, you can process work in any way that you feel you see it. And so any opinion you have about my work is valid. And so I like to hear it.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I I mean, these, these works exist in, in public spaces too. Um, So first of all, Jake, like, you know, obviously here for a reason, bring good conversation. Um, But, you know, we're having, having this conversation about this work that exists in a public space uh, that people may come into contact with whom aren't, you know, familiar, familiar with what's going on or familiar with this type of art making, um, which, which I think is, uh, you know, really speaks to the vulnerability of, of sharing this work with the community. Is that like, these are things that are really important to you um, and that are indicating um, these periods of your life that uh, are, um, you know, impacted by trauma, impacted by dysphoria impacted by um these you know very intimate feelings or experiences that you're having but then making them and and sharing them with the world is also like very very vulnerable act even you know and especially in these these public spaces
1: yeah i agree and i but i think that it's i think that it's um i don't know i like the idea of public art and because i think that it makes it accessible for everyone and Mm -hmm. i don't know i think that in the future i would love to have just solely like an outdoor exhibition like not even built up like i would just love to just like pick a parking lot and just put my work there
2: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well just on that subject just briefly because it's it's something i've certainly thought a lot about um since covid is that is that an idea that you've kind of been more into since that time or is is that kind of been with you for a while kind mm-hmm. of wanting to just mm-hmm. do almost some sort of guerrilla style just outdoor outdoor exhibition
1: it's been with me for a little bit um but it's definitely covid has definitely like amplified that feeling um yeah. just safer and and really like i'm i'm realizing while galleries are can be amazing and are amazing at times that it's limiting and like I don't know. I don't think that to be an artist, your work has to be in a gallery. I think mm. that your work can be anywhere and you're still an artist. And so I just kind of want to lean into that a little bit more, especially if I'm going to be like working more towards three-dimensionally, which I am feeling that pull. Um, mm-hmm. I think that out outdoor is, would be a great place to show that work.
2: Absolutely.
0: Cool. Let's, let's check out some other images that you've, you've shared with us here of some of the other paintings. That you're working on, and then we can get into some of the three D stuff. Because I'm also really interested in in how you're shifting from uh, these painted spaces to these three D spaces. Oh, and mm-hmm. and one other thing that I thought was interesting is you you started this series as kind of like a reference to um, the feedback that there was too much nudity in your work, and then also like this this painting in particular, as well as this painting is like not nudity and then mm-hmm. at some point we switch over into this kind of work that then like does become considered nudity. But what jumps mm-hmm. out really clearly for me is that the other images seem much more uh uh I don't know, they they just have more of like a nudity sense to them or, or a different kind of like sexuality to them than this painting does, which I think is interesting mm-hmm. space that you play around with.
1: Yeah, I think that you're you're right. I think that it's the poses. Like, um, this one is obviously more nude. You can see breasts and nipples and everything. Like, I think what, what makes them stand apart though is that like the the poses seem a bit more sexual in the other ones, mm-hmm. or a bit more like flaunting, if you will. Um, and this one, it almost makes you sad to look at because mm. there's, there's no emotion happening aside from the tears that you see coming out of her eyes. And it's just a blank stare off into the distance,
3: mm.
1: no pose, no yeah. nothing. So I think that it just makes you question like what exactly is going on, in, in this piece at least, in my opinion. Um, Sorry about
3: that.
1: No, go ahead. Well, just, I'm curious about
2: that idea of um, how, how do you tend to, because, you know, obviously body language, which is communication, is emotion. Um, and, and that, uh, you know, with, with body, like, you know, this idea that, like, how does this person feel about me as I'm talking to them? Like, well, like, where are their knees pointed? You know, something like that, that, like, that, you know, there is language in silence at the same time. Um, so how, how does that, how is that something that you kind of decide to balance the the physical with the emotional in terms of like the communication of the figure within a lot of your work?
1: Yeah. So this piece in particular is um, of my sister. It's not a self portrait. And the, the second one that it's called like, it has the mad tattooed on the butt. That one is also a portrait of my best friend. Um, and these two pieces I painted because um, they, both of them were like the um, the two individuals that I sought the most like solace in when I was going through like my hardest times, like mm-hmm. through my whole life, honestly. Like they have been by me through thick and thin. And so both of these images I painted um, because I sort of wanted to make uh, a shrine to them if you will, and I also wanted to still um, exemplify like my my own mental illness, if that makes sense, with them. So um, both of these paintings were made, um, they were, the reference imagery was pulled from experiences I shared with both of them, and mm-hmm. I sort of tried to like visually represent um, sort of our relationships in a way, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> um so while still like trying to stay focused in on myself um so I play with body language a lot because I think that obviously body language says so much just like you said and I think that it can really just like change the perception of exactly what you're trying to get across um some at times like these pieces have been more playful and at times these pieces are like can be really sad and yeah it 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 solely just depends on on how i'm feeling like in that particular moment when i'm painting it Mm. um but they all ultimately relate back to the same idea if that makes sense
3: absolutely
2: and this is just a little quick follow-up this is like um are these particular pieces um like this one and the the tears with the cowboy hat um is are, are the, the body language of the pieces themselves like where they are physically placed were these were these shown in in exhibition or are these more just like currently like in, in your private studio for now or do they plan to be exhibitioned at some point i don't know if that's a word but anyway um you know the the physical the physical communication of the entire piece itself outside of mm-hmm. itself um I, i'm curious where, where these have landed
1: Yeah. I've actually shown these here in Kansas city in July. um, And I, I feel like I had really great response to them. Um, But honestly, I feel like my work is best. Like it just does not come across online. Like it just does not because I paint on a metallic surface. And so like the Mm. work literally, it literally interacts with the space around it. I leave, I leave like little pockets of the metallic mylar, like showing through so that it, literally changes color based on the space it's in. Wow. Um, so I feel like personally for individuals to get like the best experience with my work and with the poses and with um, just like the general feeling of the work, you actually mm. have to interact with it physically. Mm. Makes
3: sense.
0: Yeah. I, I've yeah. noticed that there's kind of like a, a similar coloration. Um, like if you go on to, Madeline's Instagram, and I'll pop those links in the chat there. But there's like a similar coloration that I think comes from the the material that you're painting on. Like there is kind of this like silvery metallic kind of color that continues to to come up. And I mean, mm-hmm. I just really would love to see see these in person. <laughs> I think that would that would help.
1: It really is a way different experience, and and um, that's why Rick, you and I talking about like you know streaming process videos and things like that i feel like would be really amazing with my work especially because i paint on such a weird surface Mm. and seeing how i interact with it um, outside of just like seeing a finished piece would be really interesting i think it would add to the viewership if that makes sense
0: you were you were talking about how process is is really kind of a an important aspect of your work and and we even we we do want to tease that maybe at some point Madeline's interested in doing live streaming stuff too so we'll definitely let you all know if uh we see Madeline doing live stream stuff because your process is you said to me numerous occasions is really important or something that you really want to find ways to showcase Mm
1: -hmm. yeah absolutely um I think like from from like conceptualizing an idea to actually like having a finished product it goes through like multiple steps and um i think that it would just be really cool to be able to show that process to anyone who's interested Mm. i did like a little poll on my instagram the other day and i was like what are you most interested in seeing from creatives like what do you want your favorite artist to show you and pretty much like almost everyone was just like process i'm most interested Mm. in process and I was like, oh, that's so interesting because in my head, I'm like, people just want to see the finished product. They just want to see like a cool piece of art and be like, hell yeah, like, and then move on. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's not that. And individuals are more interested in how I get to the finished product or how everyone gets to the finished product.
0: Yeah. And and that's, that's like a position that we take here at the travel agency is um, that being able to... Uh, create communities around the process side of art making I think is really important because so much of what contemporary artists do is process like so much of it is process and so much of it's process oriented and you sometimes can get a sense of that seeing the finished product but I don't know I, I have a sensation at least in my work that the direction of my work is moving away from product and moving more into process or being able to, instead of just sharing the process more and more being, or instead of just being able to share the product more and more, just finding ways to share that process with people.
2: I think so too. Yeah. I think that we talked on a previous uh, episode, I guess. Um, but like, you know, I think that like Instagram, despite it being kind of, for instance, in a lot of ways and people feeling like, it sucks. And there's maybe the a root of all evil in, in the art world sometimes, but um, I feel like stories themselves are almost predestined to be the, the work in progress space, you know, mm-hmm. is that if you can kind of execute those two spaces, but at the same time, you know, why not have that your posts could be your work in progress, you know? And I, I think that access is like the biggest possible plus that can come from something like social media to be that, um, you know, someone who's just like, oh, Madeline's works great. I, I, you know, I don't know anything about how she does it, what she does, you know, all these things, but like, oh, but that's how, you know, at some point it's just yeah. like, or like, you know, if it was on Twitch or streaming or whatever, that's just like, I got, I got to watch it for like three hours. You know, I got to watch it for a while. Mm-hmm. I got to watch, you know, a cat walk by and like, <laughs> you know, like have these moments of like, you know, artists are people too. You know what I mean? And that yeah. like, what they do is not, magic in a cauldron behind a giant veil you know it's mm-hmm. it's often in a basement with you know spilled coffee on paper and <laughs> what you know what I mean just like it's very normal which maybe kind of sucks that it's so normal but anyway <laughs>
0: and that and, and also gets to like what you were talking about earlier Madeline of being able to like really express where this work is coming from or or the experiences like those aren't something that you can distill very easily to wall text um, but being mm-hmm. able to, you know, be here, we're, we're even realizing that like three hours isn't enough time to really like get to know you and, and, and understand w- how the work is coming from you, uh, which mm-hmm. seems strange. and kind of, like I mean, it's incredible. It's like, oh, OK, even after three hours of spending time with you, there's still like so many questions and, and so many things to know. So I think that's also kind of the urge that um certain like highly engaged viewers of your work may be looking for is like more i need more madeline i need more to understand because (laughs) i like it so much but these products you know just like the evidence of the work isn't entirely what i'm interested in
1: yeah no i totally agree and i think that like moving into um like a streaming or like just like a video platform Mm -hmm. would be um an exceptional way to show that process. I mean, uh, I feel like we learn the most, you know, from watching, I don't know, I'm a visual learner. Maybe you guys are visual learners as well. And like a photograph can only get you so far. And so I have not delved much into like video work but I can feel myself, like I can feel a pull in that direction Yeah. just because I think that it's especially like in this day and age, it's so crucial to getting to know individuals and their work and just getting to know anything and to be honest. Like we if we want to know how to do something, we watch a YouTube video. Like mm. I don't know, like I I kind of just like want to be I kind of want to make that a part of the process is like the create creation of the video of the process for the finished product. And like mm-hmm. you said, Jake, maybe the finished product like i don't know you get caught up in that like maybe there doesn't even ever have to be a finished product it's just sure well it's just you working
2: right but i also think that like a you don't want to necessarily get too mired in that to where you you can't ever be like oh my god (laughs) i just need to get rid of this out of in front of me but I, i think the idea of like art you know kind of talking about streaming too i think that um artists that do feel comfortable enough to show their process uh, at least i'm personally uh, i i would think kind of owe it to their their audience you know that like mm-hmm. and if you feel comfortable enough to share your process that like what you're able to give to the world like i must feel like that's like a superpower like my superpower you know like that if you could feel like comfortable being that vulnerable and just being like let's have a chat you know and 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 here's here's what i do and and, and it's you know here's some music i have on in the background you know maybe some devil's wear pot, devil wears Prada, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's what Rick does. So it oh, makes yeah. sense. But, um, uh, you know, I just, I feel like in a way like you owe it not just to the world, but to yourself to, to, uh, to see that through, you know, cause it's, it's a gift. I think what artists give when they, when they show their process like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, and Rick has been helping me, um, like figure out ways that it like what it could potentially look like. Um, so I think that's exciting. I don't know that's that's an exciting prospect because I get really like hung up in the like conceptualizing of like how do I make this how do I like show everyone the process and like it still work. I don't know. Totally.
0: Yeah, it's a mess. Um so so It's a I, beautiful mess. I uh yeah, I mean, I I hope you know I don't want to tease too much, but hopefully we'll we'll find ways to continue to work together and and help you share your work in the future on the travel agency, um, mm-hmm. because like that's that's really what it's all about is is uh, figuring out the best ways to have the technology, and the, and the social media channels reflect you. That's that's the hardest thing to kind of come to is like what does not like what does you know, uh, someone else's Instagram look like, like what, how are they sharing their work and how are they using stories? But like, how do I do it? Because there still is like so much room and that's not even getting into how people are starting to do this on Twitch because like, first of all, not many people are even doing it yet. Like the Mm -hmm. amount of people out here making creative work versus how many people stream their creative process live I mean, it's it's a very small percentage. So being able to find ways to access like the way you want to share these things or the things that are valuable to share about your process, I think helps us even further clarify ourselves. Um, I do want to say hi to Chris in the chat. Good to see you here. We're in our third segment. We looked at some of the work, but we're going to be talking about that. And we're also here with Madeline talking about process and, and all of the The various (laughs) different ways we as artists interact and interface with the world which is what it really is it's it's a it's a method of interfacing and um, there's so much flexibility in that which i think is really exciting Uh, there's still so many options and and ways that we can start to interface with these different versions Mm -hmm. of technology
1: yeah absolutely and it's kind of overwhelming at times
2: no yeah that's <laughs> well, true or uh, well, just you said like it's a beautiful mess you know that it's just like it, it's it's too maximal in a way even though instagram i think is very minimal yeah. and i you know my quick little quick little side bit is I, I do think maximal internet is on its way back because i think we need more space as artists that we can't just shove everything into a little you know square or rectangle right. on, on instagram um but I, I think that you know there are no rules there's no rules. And if they say there's rules then they're wrong, (laughs) you know, that's just, (laughs) that's, that's the rule. So, um.
0: yeah. So (laughs) funny thing I've I've been thinking about this a lot and Chris, yeah, no worries that you're late. We like to express to people that they can come and go as they please. Conversation works if you're just showing up now or if you took a break or if you have it on in the background, any way that y'all want to be here and participate, we appreciate. Um, Yeah. Something I've been doing on Instagram recently is, is just like, shoving as much information into images as I can is <laughs> like you take a look at my the travel agency's feed and a couple of posts have been a bit more minimal recently but I was just like let's amp it up let's just like start <laughs> shoving as much information as possible into this little square because like first of all it's that's, that's a it's a way to create a vibe but it's it's mm-hmm. like it's so lacking it's so lacking i think we we're entering back into the time where like, you know, we have all of these different spaces, you know, like the travel agency has like six different ways to connect with it. And it's like, how do we start to organize these as artists or as organizations in a way that that makes sense? Um, Instagram isn't enough anymore for artists
2: for sure well and i and now i'll say I, I noticed that in your links to share um one of them is a, is your tiktok account oh yeah and i can mm-hmm. i can kind of play that character on the tv where it's like wait who are you tell me about that and because uh, but i genuinely have not seen your tiktok yet which i, I apologize um but can you tell great. tell us a little bit about um what what tiktok has done for you um in terms of process or
3: your art
1: yeah so honestly like um, not much yet, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I think that it's fun. It's it's helping me, like, um, bridge the gap between, like, photography and painting and, like, m- moving into more of, like, video editing, I guess, if you will, because you only have 60 seconds to, like, portray some idea that you're trying to get across.
3: Mm.
1: And so it's, it's worked in some ways. Like, I, I made this, like, one... Time lapse video of me um, painting on a mirror and that like blew up, but nothing I've made ever since has done anything, which Mm -hmm. is fine. I'm fine with that because I'm just experimenting on TikTok. But I have seen like, you know, I don't know if you watch TikToks at all, but like there are people who make like one video and then all of a sudden they have like a million followers and their lives have changed. So it's like, so it's like, I don't know, like, should you just keep making and trying and like maybe, maybe you'll get a million followers and then before you know it your life has changed or it maybe will never happen but the the idea that like if you can make like two 60 second videos and suddenly you are you have access to the creator fund like yeah i don't know that sounds exciting to me
0: (laughs) i'm terrified by the prospect of having a million followers on tiktok like if somebody did that to me i I, (laughs) I, I would be they're like hey we got you a gift like merry christmas here's (laughs) here's now all of this responsibility like good right. luck <laughs> like ah
1: <laughs> but well, i know i made i'm this one video that i made i i it gave me gave me like 2 2500 followers and that's not that Whoa. many but in yeah. my head i'm like i'm like it's oh god like do i need to keep making and but i don't there's no pressure to keep making but uh-huh. that's good i don't know like the fact that like one video can just catapult you somewhere that blows my mind
2: mm Well, and I think that TikTok in that way doesn't have the same algorithmic familiarity that we have with other apps. Like if you have one image on Instagram, I don't care who you know, that's not going anywhere, you know, you know, like that's like it could even be the main like a new account of someone like, you know, it's still only going to get probably like a fourth if Kanye West started a new account and and he even plugged it, it's still going to get like not even you know remotely what it, it could if mm-hmm. he kept using it. Uh-huh. And I think TikTok's is interesting in that way because, um, you know, I think it's it's one of the few apps that has done the thing where like you see a thing and now it's going to keep showing you that. So like for instance, mm-hmm. for me, Frog TikTok is all over the place because <laughs> I love watching Frog TikTok videos and I have to. Um, there's a, a frog named Mango that passed away very recently, and I got very, very emotionally distraught when he passed, and um, I shared that on Instagram, and a few caring loved ones um, reached out to me. But so RIP Mango. But anyway, is that like I do think the, the space that TikTok has, especially for art, I think is is just beginning. And it seems like you're already ahead of the curve of a lot of people. And I think that's super cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nikono in chat says, I'm 100% here for the million TikTok followers. And (laughs) and also says, people are flooding to TikTok, but nobody is posting. So discoverability if you post is crazy high, even if your content is shit, like mine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's true. I said true just before. No, no.
0: Uh, I, I wish we all had, like, a, a simultaneous filter that would, like, turn us all into old people, like an old people yeah. filter face that we could put on as an overlay <laughs> for this conversation right now. As we talk about
2: TikTok and the, the Gen Z kids. Well, well, Madeline, will you feel any um, any need to, to do any little dances, like, while you kind of, like, kind of paint your stuff? Like, I, I hope, that you th- are you interested in doing it?
1: Absolutely not. Like I no. am not. Okay. A you had a dancing um,
0: TikTok. Well, no, you weren't dancing. That was the thing. Is you were I, explicitly yeah, not I was dancing. I So,
2: <laughs> hey,
0: the lack <laughs> of dance yeah. is still
2: dance, I suppose. You know,
0: but
1: well, everyone, everyone around me was dancing, and I just stood there. It was yeah. Like, oh, See, that's uh, that's what um, you
0: can do when you're the center of attention. When you're the when you're the artist. <laughs> yes. So Siggywop yeah. says all she does is beg me, uh, to <laughs> dance. <laughs> Uh, to the um, wop dance,
2: yeah. Ah, uh, yes.
1: Oh yes, I I do I do beg yeah him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so
0: you have a team. Because
1: I think it's I think it's fun to watch other people dance in real life. Uh uh-huh. I don't. I honestly do not care much for the dancing TikToks. Like I don't. They're well, they cool, a like, strange
2: space. I yeah. I I, completely agree. I think we need
0: a influencer house in Malibu with like 12 visual artists and we mm. all have to post a TikTok daily and we're all constantly making work <laughs> in, in this like uh, concrete brutalist studio yes. and you know we just like <laughs> we just need like I don't know like 10 million dollars in funding from the Warhol Foundation and we could just have sure. like a visual artist influencer house in Malibu with a huge studio and like a printing press and stuff and and that's like all we need to become TikTok legends. Let's do yeah, it. Who do we call?
1: That's it. $10 yeah. million, dollars a house? Warhol. Easy.
0: We just call the Warhol Foundation. <laughs> I'll submit this, a grant later today.
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, what Warhol would be more Foundation Warhol than that? Yeah. I mean, that
0: would be like the most Warhol Foundation thing ever. It's like, yes. like TikTok would not, I mean, Instagram wouldn't exist without Andy Warhol for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. but, you know, I mean, we can even start wondering if TikTok would. Wow.
2: Well, that's certainly what we're here to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right.
0: But yeah, go follow her. Go follow all of us. We're, we're over there trying to figure it out. I mean, I no, posted yeah. a video and it got like 1200 views and I'm like, am I famous? What happened? <laughs> um, but I think everybody's first video gets like over a thousand views,
2: which is so strange.
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: know. Now I'm like, how do you even get 10 likes? I don't know how to do that. Yeah,
2: yeah right. You get a little taste of the glory and then <laughs> just they
1: chasing drop it. you. Just chasing yeah, the
0: glory. <laughs> wow.
2: um, well, let's switch
0: gears over to uh, some of the, I, I think we also wanted to talk about some of the three-dimensional work that that you're doing. And, and you've recently like made a, made, I don't know if it's a shift, if it's completely new for you, but you're also thinking about 3D work now.
1: Mm-hmm. I am. Um, so, it's it's been, like, in the last, um, I guess, like, two years, probably, that I have been shifting into, like, making some more three-dimensional work. I um, was asked to work with the Springfield Art Museum on an event they had um, in 2018, mm-hmm. 2009. When was that? 2019, I think. Mm. Yes. And um, I I really... I was... I really wanted to like make some just like three dimensional like environmental work that kind of just was like in the background and it wasn't it wasn't like the focal point of anything. It just kind of like brought together like other artists' work, if that makes sense.
3: Absolutely. Um,
1: so I I started like working three dimensionally and making these like just like abstract shapes, and then I don't know it, like led into more three dimensional work and um, and mainly it's been like. Fun. It's been just, like, practice, like, experimental for, like, maybe potential larger work
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, because, again, I was working in my tiny studio apartment. And so I'm excited to see, like, what I can do with an actual, like, studio workshop space and, like, with just more space to build bigger things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I feel a huge pull towards designing, like, furniture um, that also... I don't That is also art, which I mean, most would Arts argue furniture only. is art.
3: Yeah. Um, mm.
1: And so I don't know, like, I guess just like. I I love working with my hands and painting is that. But building something is like just a different like visceral experience.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I have a I friend like who just started an OnlyFans that highlights all of her Herman Miller chairs in her house. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so.
3: That's amazing. So I think so, uh, I
0: think furniture is 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 definitely definitely art. I mean, there's there's like uh, mm-hmm. you know this this form and function is is at like such a more important uh, or such a different proportion from a painting, like form and function mm-hmm. of like three D goods. And I know Jake, you were mentioning last week that you're really interested in like sculpture as as a method of expression because it carries with it all of these different uh, proportions of of intentionality than than some of the other stuff that we engage in
2: well i'm, I'm curious own. so the the piece that you said that it kind of i guess it brought a, a work together like a group show was that um i guess yeah, how did it have...
1: was like it was Sorry, for an ahead. event at the Springfield art museum um it was like a fundraising event and they have they bring together like several local artists to make work based around a theme if you will okay and that year they asked a a couple of artists to be environmental artists and Mm -hmm. so the work we made had to like tie the room together Mm. and so um working three-dimensionally i don't know it just like brought it like ignited something different in my brain because i'd never had done that before um and i was like oh i i want to keep doing that i want to feel that more (laughs) and so yeah i don't know and then with this last um exhibition i had i wanted to tie in some three-dimensional pieces with the painting so like every three-dimensional sculpture that i made um was drawn from one of the paintings that i made if mm. that makes sense so they like sat in front of each painting that it was drawn from mm. and um, kind of like brought it into a three-dimensional space
2: wow as uh, and and i guess this is still still so a question but like um, I guess breaking out of the mold if you will of with from from painting to, to three-dimensional um, do you feel like that will then or has retroactively affected back to non3d work that you're working on um, like as far as exploring those spaces and what that you can bring back to where from once you came
1: I actually do um, because now that I've done some three-dimensional like some sculptural work I can I feel like, my uh, the material that I want to work with painting wise is I, I'm I want it to be different like I really love painting on the mylar but I am limited by it in some mm. ways and so I want to ex- see how I can expand um outside of the mylar maybe keep using the mylar but I want to see how I can expand on that a little bit more mm. um because I don't ever like painting is so therapeutic and like meditative for me. I don't ever want to stop painting. Absolutely. Um, but I also think it's really like meditative to build something. Yeah. Oh, there,
2: absolutely. I and mean, <laughs> maybe a cat castle can be next or something. Oh, like
1: that. <laughs> the,
2: the pinnacle of furniture. Yes. Cat furniture.
1: <laughs> I mean, um,
2: I will say I'll have to find the account I can send it to you. There is an Instagram uh, where this person does tufting and, but they're also into furniture. So they kind of add the two spaces of like adding the rug kind of tufting uh, material or tufted, you know, work to that. And they make like basically like actually cool cat castles, which I think is yeah. really hard to do. Sounds um, tough. And, and it's, tough. it's, it's, it's <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's something that uh, I, I've, I've really enjoyed as someone who's kind of curious again in the sculpture form, also tufting but also like that there's like a natural play to it you know that mm. um that there is a physical element of of i, I would I hate to say but like practicality like it, it does something it is an item to be bought yeah. um well and, and curious of that idea of like furniture um kind of moving to that like how like you know that at that point you have to think about like function not just form you know because mm-hmm. um, someone if, do people sit on your chairs? That's my first question. Is are these are these to be just in the, in a on display?
1: No, they they 100 work. They they hold two bodies. Even I have oh, tested them out.
0: A loveseat. Um,
1: yeah, a loveseat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely think that the function is important. Um, mm. I think that even in the future, I might like to like try to like bridge the gap between like painting and furniture design and like mm. just. I don't know like the uh, who knows where it could go like it, the, <laughs> yeah. the possibilities are endless but um i just know that like i feel like i'm on the cusp of like a different just like a different way of expression
0: yeah well and i think that importantly for painters and and we didn't even get into the painter conversation mm-hmm. which i think is a as a really good conversation of like what is a painter why do we call ourselves painters or what does painting do mm-hmm. but but it might it's probably a nice a nice like counterpoint to your practice to create things that have function to create things that have like physical physical forms i i notice sometimes like when i'm doing too much painting that i need to like you know repair something or i need to <laughs> <laughs> like do something that has like i need to organize something like organize a shelf <laughs> to something that has like real world implication um that that, uh, you know, provides me a sense of of, of meaning (laughs) outside of what what the painting can do from time to time. I I do also have some viewer questions here from Chris Griffin. Um, First one is, uh, would you rather be an artist and get money for your art, but no one see your art? Or would you get, would you rather have no money, but lots and lots of people seeing your work?
1: Hmm, That's
2: an interesting question. I
0: thought so too. Um, Um.
1: I think that I would definitely get no money and have lots of people see my work. Mm. Um, I don't think that, I think that we are just ruled by money and I don't think that it is the reason that anyone should make anything. Mm -hmm.
0: Especially Um, art. It's 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 bad
1: luck. (laughs) I see, I feel like I see so many individuals just like make something and people are like, I want to buy that. So they just like keep mass producing the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over again. And I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, we can, you can you can paint this portrait i get it but like uh-huh. come on like let's expand a little bit more and like it's so easy to do that because you think like oh people want to give me money for this then it must be great but that's i think that those two things don't necessarily coincide
0: yeah Absolutely.
1: in my opinion so i think i would rather have like uh a more extensive viewing than monetary gain cool yeah
2: rick real quick do we have a, a image of the of the chair that we could show because then we were discussing it a little bit i
1: don't i thought
2: we had it in the
1: i don't think i sent it to you oh, okay
2: well either way uh on that <laughs> instagram there is a chair uh pretty pretty much at the top um that i would really highly suggest people check out because um i just i especially just know that like if i was watching the show i'd be like i want to see that damn chair <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh we can drop the link in the chat or something like that um but uh, if nothing else would i got it instagram. here oh, you got rick's the rick's the tech master he's gonna there bam look at that there it is so that is,
0: that is a love seat
1: and yes. i and i should mention that i made that with my friend matt um but the way we designed it was that we wanted it to be um like a diy chair so like anyone could build this theoretically and yeah. we built the we built the two separate sides so that you could custom like we you could show that it could be customized so like mine is obviously like the wonky um abstract shapes and his is the more like geometrical slats. and we wanted to show that you could literally make the seat or the back look like whatever you wanted to as long as you build the base the same way
3: Mm.
0: I see I mean this is this is great I think that I don't uh it is yeah a chair but then also like thinking about this idea just that just that came up of like the love seat right of of mm-hmm. i remember being like so embarrassed to sit on a love seat when i was a child because i hate i was like <laughs> so embarrassed of the name i was like no i'm a boy of many interests none of which include love yes. and and uh love is aching what can i say <laughs> um, but uh just thinking of like these two different sets of ideas coming together and being like merged in this way um, kind of has that, that connotation. And, and I don't know, I just, I just feel, I feel compelled to look at it that way now of like, these are, these are two seats coming together, but like making it work. Which, um, which I just, I, I love that. I think that's me too so good. Some...
2: Well, and and so is this, is this piece particularly strictly just that like, like people would kind of use your designs and then make their own. Is that the idea or more so just that like, and you can do it too. Like when you say like people can do it too, is there, yeah, you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. It, it was like, it was more like, and you can do it too. Um, Mm. like we never created like a blueprint or anything for it. Um, but the idea was that it was actually for like a design competition that we entered it into, which we did not win, which is fine. Um, but we entered into this design competition, which was specifically like a DIY chair—like make a design that anyone could build. Wow. So that's what we came up with, and we wanted it to be customizable because not everyone has the same style.
2: For so. sure. Well, and I, I do love the choice that you made. That I, I love the idea of like if this is, let's say, a love seat, that like you can almost kind of decide like, well, which 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 seat are you, or which seat are you today? You know, mm-hmm. if you and your 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 seat partner, you know, you can be like, ah, I'm feeling a little, <laughs> you know, a little wiggly. I don't know, and then maybe someone's like, I just feel, I just feel, I complain, I want to be. Yeah. Cr- Chris in the I chat says, the... might as well call it a cootie chair. Uh, I mean, let's yeah. be honest, you icky. Um... Um,
0: <laughs> no, I I love I love like modular modular goods like modular furniture and and I think that you all should have won the design competition because like being able to just switch out these different panels or or having like you know a set of them that come with it like six Mm -hmm. different designs and you could just you know switch out the bases and the tops and mix and match like furniture is not as mixy and matchy as I'd like it to be you have to like buy a whole new upset you have to spend a thousand dollars if you want something new and and sometimes that's difficult to do for 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 us non-thousand-dollar folks well i have
2: to say i keep i keep looking at this even deeper and deeper and i I have so many questions so and we can move on to another piece too but i we're we're in the segment called chair chat so we're we're, you know (laughs) welcome to chair chat everyone this is the place where we chat about chairs have Um, a seat yes uh, (laughs) um so noticeably, like uh, the you know, there's there's very you know linear lines being used. However, the functional shape of it is very loose. Um, I guess what what brought you to to that method?
1: Um, I guess like we wanted it to be very like adaptable. Um, we wanted it to be like a chair that could be placed in any environment and it would work. Um, like obviously, this chair could be made with different types of wood you could stain it. Um, I don't know. I think that the shapes that we chose, at least for like the base of the chair, work would translate well to almost any interior design space, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: or at least a lot of them. Um, So we chose something that was like simple. And then we were like, okay, the back, the back in the seat, you can just like, you can do anything you want. Like it can be as weird as you want. And so I think that that was, how we started at least like something very simple and we when we were brainstorming the idea we realized we had very differing styles and so like we had to sort of uh, meet in the middle Mm
3: -hmm.
1: because I kept wanting to do like like you can see my side of the chair I kept wanting to do like weird like organic shapes Mm -hmm. yeah and and he was like very linear like even like even thought about concrete for a while and like um and so like we just had to sort of fuse find something in the middle that we could
2: yeah, like Absolutely. love, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like love,
2: <laughs> like love itself. Yeah. Shout
1: out to
0: Matt Strom on Instagram. You can go, you can go click. You can go tap in, if you know what I mean. Tap through. <laughs> I've been trying to say that more instead of click. It's like no one's clicking anymore. Although I did just get a cool new mouse. But Ooh, that's a sick um, mouse. But yeah, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're gonna have to. Uh, wrap this up here in the next few minutes and Bummer. we can do it again it's like <laughs> I, I kind of just want I don't know every week it's like oh we could do this show every week like the Jake <laughs> Rick Jack show could take yeah. place every week the Jake Rick Madeline show could take place every week Absolutely. and then we just have to keep that. getting more guests <laughs> but, but I mean, me, we've like
1: twenty people.
0: Yeah, the snowball show are just like this is what we do. This is just like full on news channel. It's just art chat with Jake and Rick every day of the yeah. week with one of yeah. the different cast members. Yes, um, exactly. But I really enjoyed the conversation. I do have to do a service to our guests by um, asking the lightning round ten questions of power uh, that we ask that we ask everybody. Siggy Wap, thanks for the follow. You're now traveling with us. Um, So thanks for everyone who's watching. If you're interested in following, please follow. If you're interested in subscribing, drop a sub or use your free Amazon Prime sub uh, and take money directly out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. Um, So we got the lightning round of 10 questions. So we'll... We'll 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 hit this up in the next few minutes. So, Madeline, what is one simple thing that you're trying to get good at right now?
1: Get good at um making my plants bigger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. Nice. Okay. Um. Oh, my list has changed. I'm sorry, Jake. Do you have do you have the next question?
2: I I do. Um. I if it's what I think it is, but go for it. Um. What is your favorite type of gum? Gum. Yeah, gum. gum we're
1: big on Uh, gum here i don't chew gum but i guess guess, like spearmint i don't know five
0: five gum that's what i'm talking about (laughs) oh
2: don't get him started
1: (laughs) stimulate your
2: motherfucking senses boy Oh boy. We have to have some sort of like image job if they'd say
0: five gum. I know. I we'll, i, I sponsored by we'll like five
3: as well. That's my yeah, dream. Right. <laughs> my dream
0: is to get five gum to sponsor the podcast because I think it would be oh so such a ridiculous like <laughs> such a ridiculous marriage.
2: Art and gum. Perfect. <laughs> um I'll I'll just take the next one. Yeah, take the next one um, and then I'll hop in. Have you successfully completed a game of Monopoly? in your
1: life i have actually just a few weeks ago whoa i i you were beat, bored yeah <laughs> i beat Siggy Watt. i beat juan my boyfriend yeah. uh in by a landslide like i just killed him
2: just demolished absolute capitalist overlord yeah. just
0: killed yeah. him <laughs>
1: and he was pissed because that's his favorite game so
0: Ooh. oh wow yeah. get shit on juan uh <laughs> chris griffin in the chat says gum for the plane ride
3: uh, See, there's the tie-in. There's the yeah, tie-in. There's always a tie-in. <laughs> uh,
0: and Easy Maestro in the chat says, "Bro, Kelsey, his girlfriend would f him up in Monopoly." Wow. Oh, wife! Oh God, wife! How Ooh. can I make that mistake? <laughs> I've known them my whole life.
3: <laughs> hey, man,
0: it's, we're doing it live. It's all good. There we go. Okay, the next one is no holds bar. What is your dream job other than anything in the art world?
1: Oh, other than anything in the art world, yeah. Um, fuck, I don't know. Uh,
0: Maddie draws. Thanks for the follow. Thanks for traveling with us today.
1: I ca- I literally don't know. Like I've only ever for, like, I've only ever wanted to be in the arts. So maybe I would be a. I don't. I would be the CEO, the COO, of. Oh. Some company. I don't know. But I don't know. I've never thought about that. <laughs> you've I was never, like, you've, what? what? <laughs> you've literally never
0: thought about that, and this this much <laughs> is clear. Out of anybody I've ever met, you're the most focused on being an artist. <laughs> and that is wonderful. I've thought of other stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh Siggy Wop says, thanks for opening that fresh wound. Thanks. <laughs> and uh like sauce says, Siggy, wrap a fake hundred dollar monopoly bill over the wound like a band-aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um uh Jake, yeah. you want to handle these next two? Yes, let's do it.
2: Um okay, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, or Disney?
1: Mm. Nickelodeon.
0: Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Fairly odd parents? Mm.
2: That's some good shit.
0: Yeah, that
1: was a good show.
2: Yeah. Excellent um and then similar idea again i think this can almost make your astrology chart happen you know are you a Nickelodeon, a cartoon of disney like okay i see what kind of you know, <laughs> energy you're bringing so to that end uh squirtle charmander or bulbasaur Ooh, uh, i have to admit that like i never i
1: never got into um squirtle,
2: squirtle. which one <laughs> Squirtle? Okay. Squirtle. Yeah. Squirtle, yeah. <laughs> oh, that really proves you were not into it. <laughs> good for you, honestly. Uh, I'm not into it. Okay. The 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 turtle one, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Maddie draws.
0: I didn't include Adult Swim because Adult Swim was on Cartoon Network. True. That's an extension of that. Adult
1: Absolutely. Swim is great though. Yeah, yes. Adult
0: Swim is legit. I mean, that I no can question. push some people over over the edge. I mean, it's it's just good that you didn't say Bulbasaur cuz then we were really going to really going to Rick's got a thing
2: with Bulbasaur. I, I, I think, it's think it's a proper choice. Well, but...
0: there was this Reddit post a couple of weeks ago that was like, those of you who mained Bulbasaur, how's life going for you now? And I just thought it was hilarious because, like, I wasn't friends with anybody who would pick Bulbasaur. Except yeah. now, now probably a lot of my friends are, like, Bulbasaur people. Like, plant oh. people, like, weird kids, you know?
3: Just, I, I just picked the turtle so as evil. well.
0: I picked the turtle. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when you're driving, Madeline, are you typically the 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 giver or the receiver of the finger?
1: Um, neither, but probably the giver.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a binary thing. <laughs> it's
2: zero or one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Know, if you're, you're not given, you're receiving. I can tell you that much. For those yes. people who say, know. "Well, I don't give the finger," it's like, "Well, you're getting it."
1: <laughs> I'm, probably, I'm probably receiving it more often than i'd like to admit yeah
0: okay, okay. good to know Nakona says hills rick wants to die on a uh, colon people choosing bulbasaur as their starter <laughs> yeah. and that is that chris, is true chris griffin says weird
2: kids with a cryy face
0: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. go ahead what are your thoughts on quinoa Metal?
1: i like it all right it's not my favorite but i eat it a lot as a vegan so
0: uh, oh, so. fellow vegan! And let's get some vegans in the chat. In the chat. How long have you been in the game? In the vegan I, game.
1: I I've been vegan since um, March. Oh,
0: okay. Six. So it's not
1: very long. Same. Like I've... almost
0: exactly the same.
1: Really. Yeah.
0: We like had the. Do you love have... it or do you love it? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm choosing Bulbasaur right now. Yes. <laughs> the plant game. I'm eating vines. <laughs> um, yes.
1: Were you guys
2: vegetarian before that?
1: No, I went cold turkey straight into veganism.
2: Hell yeah. Wow, because I've been vegetarian, which uh, as of Thanksgiving this year will be 12 years. But I have oh, struggled wow. to go full vegan for like the last year. I mean, I do it when I can, but good on you guys. I mean, mean, I've had 12 years to warm up and I'm still not there yet. We so have the most
0: wholesome vegan chat in the world like every time I, we bring up the v word i think that yeah. our chat is just gonna start just tearing us apart but maddie <laughs> maddie draws says fellow vegan Nikono's currently eating quinoa and chris currently. griffin says the vegan is expanding and i am so happy yes who no, I... says nutritional yeast is surprisingly good
2: <laughs> oh it's so good It's really so, so good. Well, and it's, I, you know, I don't know if we just surround ourselves with soy people or something, Oh yeah, you know, because soy is viewed poorly in the internet world. You know, someone can be a soy boy, uh, can soy face, things of that nature, (laughs) which I embrace. I think it's fine. Um, But, you know, I, I think it would be very antithesis to the travel agency to have a meat chat, so. I think veg chats where it's at. So yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. Nakono, thanks for the clarification. Nakono says, I'm not a vegan, just like quinoa. Um, And and we know this, (laughs) but Nakono supports vegans. Um, We like that. Chris Griffin's going on five years. And uh, yeah, Chris Griffin last time in one of the times before said that our airplane brand is soy international. (laughs) (laughs) Call sign soy. I'll embrace it. That's fine. Soy <laughs> um, Airlines. That's great. Madeline, do you have a meditation practice or, or a similar way of like relaxing or connecting with your world to take it in a more serious place?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a meditative practice um, most evenings if I'm not too tired. I meditate for either like 15 or 20 minutes. I use the One Giant Mind app and then I journal on my meditation. And then I draw a card for my tarot deck. Oh. Just for some guidance.
0: Cool. Sure.
1: Burn a little bit of sage or palo santo, and then I am, like, dead to the world. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is –
2: I wanted to fall asleep listening to that. I was so chill. I know. (laughs) I I almost just just dozed off. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's
2: wonderful. That is a vibe for sure. Yeah, Yeah, of course I
0: remember that Chris Griffin. Soy International is part of the brand now. Um, It is. And then lastly, what is the most memorable response you have received about your
1: work? The most memorable? Every now and then, like out of the blue, I'll get like a friend of mine who will just message me and be like, oh, hi. <laughs> we
2: got cat chat. There we go. So um, many more there.
1: And just be like, I know this is like so out of the blue, but I just want to let you know that like you are. Like, what you're doing is amazing, and I just want you to, like, keep making and producing and just, like, doing what you're doing because it gives me hope. I don't – like, every now and then. It's not very often, but I get these just rare messages that really, like, propel me forward to just, like, keep making. Yeah. Because I'm sure you guys as artists as well are, like, there are days, months, years even Mm -hmm. where you're just, like, how do I keep going? Mm -hmm. And – Every now and then you just get those messages or just like words of encouragement that just kind of give you that boost you need to keep doing it.
3: That's awesome. So I
1: think those are the most memorable, like little words, words of affirmation to just (laughs) let you know that you're, (laughs) that you're like working in the right direction.
2: Is is that your love language too, beyond creatively? Would would you say that describes you as a person as well?
1: Yes. Words of affirmation. Absolutely. And quality time. Love quality time.
2: Nice. I, I am right there with you. I, I could care less if you ever got me a gift. I don't care if you ca- you know like anything like that. But if you call me pretty all day, oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's free and I will take it forever. I am I'm yours for. <laughs> so, but likewise in art, you know too. Like I don't I don't need someone to buy my stuff. But if someone says that it, it like really they really enjoyed it or motivated them or they something like yeah. that's all I can ever possibly ask yeah. for. Cool.
0: Nico in the chat yeah. says, "Tell me my art is good." <laughs> yeah and and a, a couple other things from chat um, yeah the the soy emote is coming. Uh, soon you know we've got we need seven more subscribers if you want to nab one of those VIP badges you can subscribe Ooh. or get one of those first badges actually we got seven more left so once we hit 15 maybe the next emote will be soy will be a soy emote I think it'll be <laughs> g- good for us so if you're interested you know drop a sub we'll we'll appreciate that and we'll make a soy emote but I do also just want to tell you both that like you are you know I I'm just so happy to have this time with you all and and I I like that, that what you said, Madeline, is, is we can have impact. And that's the reason I like that question is like, what sticks with you? What is memorable? Mm. It's like, sometimes it doesn't have to be this huge thing that, you know, this letter that we write to the artist that we admire, but it can just be like these passing moments of saying like, man, that painting like really got me. And, you know, I, I didn't understand. And now I understand, or, I love the palette or just, I love it through all this adversity. And th- and this is what I'm saying to you now, Madeline is, is through all this adversity that you've experienced and, and some of the, the negative traumatic things in your life that you've taken that and made work and like shown it publicly, which is incredible. And it's, it takes incredible strength. And I just, I, I don't even I you know, I don't feel like I am there yet and I just feel really uh, inspired by the way that you take those spaces and, and share them with the world.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. That means so much. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's so
0: cool, and we're so happy to have you here. And, and Jake, I'm going to tell you up and down all the time how much I love you and how much value you bring to ev- oh.
2: everything that you touch. <laughs> well, we do that in our private life, so, Rick, we'll, we'll keep that behind closed doors. We don't need to bother <laughs> the public with that. We'll keep that on Madeline. But um, just, just to uh, agree with Rick here is just I think that um, – I, man, I think your work I- I- and the type of artist that you are, I think it is the future in a lot of ways. And I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the way that you're deciding to to show your work, again, not just in subject matter, but also in process. And honestly, just exploring, you know, every everything um, a medium and, you know, you're expanding on these worlds and, and being able to share that. I think, like I said before, is I think a superpower and feeling genuinely comfortable in that. Which is to say like you'll take the negative, you'll take the positive, and to kinda of sit there with all of it, you know, and just swim in I think is, is really um, a remarkable thing. So I, I really appreciate your time here today and, and Rick, you as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you know, this is I'm so glad we could do this today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been so fun. I wish that it this three hours like flew by to be honest. It really
2: did. <laughs> I know. I have to say, I think this is the episode that's flown by the fastest for me. I'm like I'm like I literally feel like I just sat down. So I, yeah. Is it
1: is it the cut water? Yes, it is.
2: You know, it's this vodka meal brought to you by Cutwater Spirits. Make time fly when you're talking about art with your Fugu vodka. <laughs> uh,
0: Kujasas in the chat says uh, sharing experiences between humans is one of the most connecting things we can do, in my opinion. Whether it be through art or music or video games or whatever. So you are all doing good stuff. Well, oh, Kujasas, we we appreciate that. No, no, I
1: think it froze. Oh no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> The vibe was too
0: good. It was too
1: thick.
0: Oh uh, we, we we briefly dropped the stream there. Uh what I was yes. saying was to the chat, um, sharing experiences between humans is one of the most connecting things we can do, in my opinion, whether it be through art, music, video games, or whatever. So you're all doing good stuff. Um but yeah, so thanks for sharing that. Uh thank thank you all. Thanks, Nico in the chat. Uh, Kuja says we have thick vibes, so yeah, you know, we 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 have expanded. Like... Yeah, what what did you say? I
1: was gonna say like thick with two C's. Exactly. Like... Yes.
0: And okay. a cube somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thick vibes. The after dark travel agency show. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, I, I I think that like you all said, it, it flew by thanks to the vodka. It flew by thanks to all of the love. And Madeline, we'll, we definitely want to have you back on in the future. Of course, you're welcome anytime. And uh, also, you know, for for the real homies that have that that have smashed that follow button, um, <laughs> maybe something will will be happening with Madeline. Uh, something different will be happening with Madeline soon here on the travel agency. So, so keep your eyes open for that um one last time i want to pop madeline's links in the chat mostly forget instagram go follow her on tiktok that's that's where all the action is (laughs) happening that's the future uh and then if you want to look at the equivalent of uh ancient text there's a website there that's actually really beautiful but i mean what is a website it's tiktok's where it's at um (laughs) but yeah uh so (laughs) chris says i'll keep my eyes open until i have a red eye Oh, oh we wow. got airplane puns coming in some <laughs> in all directions here at Soy wow. International. And in for a landing. Uh, Maddie Draws says, hey, pals, wish I'd caught more of the stream. Also, the chair you designed, Madeline, was juicy AF. Um, Ooh, thank you. Well, Maddie, thanks for being here. We're here every Sunday doing this kind of thing with different artists and, and having different conversations. So we'd love to talk to you more and and you can check out our ecosystem. The video on demand will be on Twitch um, for the the next couple of weeks. And we also have edited versions, kind of pared down versions in podcast form um, and even more pared down versions in video form on our YouTube. Um, so the last kind of ritualistic thing we do is we go around and and just, if there's anything else you want to say to the people watching um, before we go. So uh, Madeline, is there anything else you want to say to the people watching before you go?
1: Um, I guess I just want to say thank you. Um, I can't... I personally can't see who's on but i imagine whoever is there that you're wonderful people (laughs) and um (laughs) i very much appreciate you wanting to listen to us chat about art and my work and life and cut water vodka yeah um, shout out for three hours (laughs) (laughs) Um, this has been so fun so yeah i just thank you
2: all right
0: any, anything else to add, Jake, before we go?
2: No, just, you know, if, if this was a game of poker, I would check. I just say I uh, second, a second that for sure.
0: Very good. Thanks to everyone popping the planes in the chat. I am your host, Rick Bowling, and I am signing off. Uh, it was all good having you here. And like, comment, subscribe, follow, tap in. Any of that stuff, it all helps us out. Uh, all we want to do is, is create more connections. So we will, we'll see y'all. see y'all next week. see y'all next time. Oh, I'm streaming art Tuesday, Tuesday night. so check in for that.